fiery chicken. Fiery chicken? Talking about Nashville. Talking about Nashville. Fiery chicken. You know I didn't even eat any hot chicken the whole time. Yes. <laughs> Just start. Welcome to Historical Baptist FC, life and ministry from a historical Baptist perspective. I'm Robert Klotz, senior pastor at First Baptist Church of Talladega. I'm Heath Walton, associate pastor of First Baptist Church of Talladega. What does FC stand for, Robert? Fiery chicken. We're going to be talking about Nashville again today, and um, I enjoyed some hot chicken while I was there. I did not, and that's okay. I had reflux, bro. I'm not trying to eat that is stuff. Is it okay, though? It is. You missed out on a Nashville staple. Not only did I did have... Did you eat that bowl thing I had the first one? I had hot chicken, and then I had hot chicken and waffles the next day, and it uh, was all great. I'm not a fan of chicken and waffles. But have you had hot chicken and waffles? I haven't. I bet that might be a little bit better to have that spicy with the That's sweet. Good. But, That's good. Uh, good umami. <laughs> I'm just using words I heard on Food Network. Anyway, what are we talking about today? Uh, today we're going to be starting in on resolutions. Um, resolutions. So the resolutions that were passed at the Southern Baptist Convention uh, in 2021 in Nashville, uh, just what last week? It's Was all it, running together. It it's, seems it's vacation like 10 Bible. Years ago. It's a vacation Bible school week this week. It's all starting to run together. But um, I, I guess we'll start in resolution one and just see how far we make it. I think we've got a lot more to say about resolution two um, yeah. and some interesting conversation that has surrounded that. Uh, during the convention and since, but and some interesting conversation that surrounds resolution two post resolution one. Yes. So resolution one is titled Baptist Unity and Maintaining Our Public Witness. So in I, I won't read the whole thing. Encourage you to look these up if you haven't read it. Either you know grab your bulletin from Tuesday or if you weren't there, go to sbc.net. Uh, it should be in the archives somewhere at some point soon. Uh, if it's not there already, but. Um, the um, the gist of the the resolution is that we would maintain our public witness by being more careful in the way that we interacted with one another in person, uh, in social media, uh, our various interactions and avenues of interaction, uh, and it was a commitment to not let things so divide us that we're ruining our witness in in the way that we're speaking to one another in public. All right, yeah, so that's a perfectly fine. Now, how did it go? So. I think it, it went overwhelmingly well, except for one particular issue. Now, because it was Resolution 1 on unity, it didn't get too heated, except for in this one moment where it, you know, things, you, you could start to get a sense of where the battle lines were going to be drawn for the rest of the convention. Uh, and that was when an amendment was made or, or proposed. Uh, to change the second resolve, which reads that we will not permit our personal, social, theological, or political interests to supersede the urgency of evangelism and distract us from the task of the gospel's advancement through the whole world. Now, again, on its face, that's great. The problem is in that word theological. theological what yep. do you mean by theological? And so an amendment was proposed that we insert the word secondary before the word theological, that we wouldn't let secondary theological issues divide us. Now, I would argue that that's not even safe. We should have proposed the word tertiary because yes. secondary issues do divide us from Denomination. Um, right, from non-Southern Baptists. We've talked um, quite a bit about um, that, that, that sort of theological triage, those terms that uh, Al Mohler coined 
um, and the importance of secondary issues. While not as important as primary, the distinctions between Christians and non-Christians, these distinctions between those who are Baptists and those who are not are still also very important. But that amendment was proposed, and it did not pass. So the, the language remained, just as I read it to you, without that addition of the word secondary. And that's where things started to get a bit out of hand in the discussion. Again, not too crazy. Um, we weren't too far down the line yet. We we're only on resolution one. Um, but there was an individual who, the, the individual who proposed that then tried to speak to it and was basically, you know, shot down by um, those on the platform and specifically yeah. the chair of that committee who we've already talked about in the last episode uh, sort of belittling that idea and saying that these things should never divide us and sort of giving this big triumphant call to the gospel to which again another one of those little noticed moments because um, you know the, the guy was just sort of silenced by that point uh, but but he didn't back down he came back uh, with sort of a rebuttal to say uh, when you say the gospel is most important, without theology, you don't have a gospel. Exactly. And he made a really excellent point that, uh, you know, as I said, at that point, the the room was kind of cheering for what was going on on the platform and barely even noticed that he said that. But he said something immensely important. And because compared to the notoriety of the person on the platform, nobody really knew who this other guy was. It just sort of got swept under the rug and everybody sort of brushed it by. But that comment, that defense of his amendment, his proposed amendment, should have gotten a lot more attention than it did because it's true when you say gospel if you don't define what you mean by gospel in theological terms there is no gospel that's true to talk about what the gospel is to talk about who jesus is to talk about what salvation is um to talk about what belief and faith and grace all those things are theological terms they're understood in a theological framework uh it's unavoidably theological correct yeah the other thing is uh, again even even you know, if we say, well, we're not going to argue about, well, uh, you know, whatever, we're just going to preach the gospel. Well, again, <laughs> what do you mean by the gospel? Because there are false gospels everywhere. Do you mean prosperity gospel? And if you say, well, of course not. Well, how are you going to safeguard that? You have to do it with theology. theology. Yep. It's like, you know, for years, pastoring in a, in a neighboring state, you would hear guys say all the time, I don't need all that theology. Just give me Jesus in my Bible. Um, it's an utterly ridiculous statement that they think sounds, you know, like a champion for unity. But again, I don't think you should be unified when your first tier issues are having major problems. Uh, even your secondary issues are having major problems. You should not be unified on those things, but you should talk those things out. I think that's something that is, I'm seeing, you know, become even worse in some ways on on social media is that when someone challenges someone else they don't pause to really consider what's being said it's just well i'm just going to take a shot at you personally because you've offended my sensibilities and you've offended my theology um you know i saw one today that i i actually responded to this and i very rarely do that uh where a friend of mine was basically called uh, a racist. He was called, uh, I think they called him like a Trump thumper or something like that. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, I saw the but, ridiculous exchange on Twitter. It, but it, my response it was, it sounds quick. like you don't know him, you know? And and I think that Resolution 1 would have been fine if we added that amendment in and then people actually listened to what was being said there and actually talked through things together. 
Yeah, there's something else I want to add before we move on too quickly to, to how soon everybody forgot that. Um, 20 minutes. You know, as we said even in the last episode, um, we didn't even make it into Resolution 2 before everybody forgot about Resolution 1. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. so Philippians 4.2. All right, I, I do want to give a little um, maybe theological defense of, of the point that we're making. So uh, Philippians 4.2, the Apostle Paul's writing, there's obviously two ladies who are having a struggle, uh, a difficulty. It says, I entreat Euodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. I think that you could look at Resolution 1 and the spirit of Resolution 1 and say it is written and intended in the spirit of Philippians chapter 4, right? Yeah. Um, that that you, you just want to agree in the Lord. You want to remind us that we're, we, we have a gospel mission. We agree in the Lord together to do that gospel mission, to fulfill that gospel mission. And so we just need to, again, agree in the Lord and remember that we are co-laborers in the gospel, okay? Mm-hmm. The same way that Paul is entreating them to. However, if we then ask the question that has to be asked, what does it mean to agree in the Lord? Yeah. I think that's the next logical question, and I think it's a really important question. We They're not just supposed to. In the Lord. Because, because Paul could have written, listen, I'm asking these two women just to agree to disagree. But that's not what he says. Nope. He says, you know, I'm entreating them to agree in the Lord and then to remember that the co-laborers in the gospel. Those are very important categories that he's talking about. And I think we can go back to another Pauline epistle where he talks about what it means to agree in the Lord in Ephesians chapter 1, right? Where he talks about, um, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Well, that sounds like agreeing with one another in the Lord and moving on with the mission. That sounds like the same kind of language we'd be talking about. Verse 3 of Ephesians 4, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Again, that sounds exactly like what we're talking about in Resolution, in Resolution 1. By the way, that's the very first Bible passage cited in Resolution 1 is Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. Yeah. But as you continue then, you get to understand, as Paul unpacks in more detail here in Ephesians 4, what he probably means in Philippians 4 by agreeing in the Lord. Verse 4, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Okay, expressly theological terms he uses to describe what it means to agree in the Lord. That bond that we share together, that bond of unity, is because we have one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And those things are all, that, that, those are theological terms, theological categories. And so for us then to say, well, we're not going to let theology divide us, is, is just not a smart way to go. Yeah. And I want to use you know, a, a bit harsher language, but I think I'll just leave it at that. Um, the other thing that I would say, and you know, this is fresh in my mind because it's what I'm preparing to preach on uh, on Sunday, or uh, next Sunday, I guess, but um, in, in Jude, beginning in verse 17, But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the Spirit. According to Scripture, who is it that causes division? The people insisting on right theological understanding, or the people who don't mind if you mess up the theology? There it is. It's the false teachers. 
It's those who are counting on you skewing the theology that cause division. It's not insistence on biblical theological truth that's ca that causes division. It's the other. And so for us to talk about we're not going to let theological things divide us, I think is a is a backward understanding of what the what the Bible understands that theology does. Theology and doctrine rightly understood unite us. They don't divide us. And so to say, well, we're not going to be divided by theology is to say I, it basically reconciles us to um, uh, not reconcile it. It basically just it means we're always going to be divided. Yeah. If we're insisting that theology divides, well, we're actually uh, resolving ourselves to always be divided because we're never going to to cling to that which actually unites us in mm -hmm. right understanding of doctrine and theology. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that was echoed a lot at the convention was the world is watching, and to an extent, yes, the world is watching, and we should. You know, especially in regard to this resolution, was take care to maintain unity, right? Um, because the world is laughing at us. Uh, but on the other side of that, there is a very real danger in making your motto "the world is watching." Yes. Um, and so you saw another hashtag, sort of, or another phrase, sort of trending on Twitter. Yeah. Which was. I think you're about to get here, so I'll just let you have it. Let you have your moment. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I didn't want to steal your thunder, but apparently you didn't have any. It was just lightning without it. thunder. Uh, that <laughs> so it was the world is watching versus God sees. Yeah, okay. And you saw these two ideas sort of competing against each other uh, on, on Twitter during the SBC. And I realize Twitter's a, a bad thing to be watching. Twitter is a dumpster we're fire. We're all um, aware of this. And however. I think that the the battle between those two phrases is a is a unique one to watch because I think that we as Baptists have a long history of understanding that there's a balance between the two. That yes, we are concerned about preserving our witness, but we're also concerned about preserving the truth. Yep. And you started to see these two ideas collide. And as Baptists, we've always found a balance between the two. But sometimes you got to lean one way or the other and I think that there were a lot of my brothers and sisters who were leaning the wrong way. That as yeah. you try to balance these ideas, there are going to be times when you got to lean hard toward one or lean hard toward the other. And I think in moments like this, we should have leaned harder toward God sees than the world is watching. When we're talking about the things that we're going to allow and disallow to divide us, theology is one of those things that we should say. Theology unites us. So, you know... This whole idea of we're not going to let theological convictions and understandings divide us is just a bad understanding of what theology is and what theology does. It is. So I'm going to let Spurgeon say it um, in the way that only he could say it. <laughs> um, he said, to pursue union at the expense of truth is treason to the Lord Jesus. Yeah. And I've heard that summarized by others in more contemporary uh, context of um, never sacrifice truth on the altar of peace, I think is That's, how that goes. Yeah. So. Especially since peace can come through no other way but Jesus. Right. Um, and you only get to Jesus through the gospel. And that is why people are so concerned about theological matters. Well, I think we're going to pause there on this discussion, and we'll, we'll pick up um, with Resolution 2 in our next episode. I think covering sort of one at a time, we've got plenty of material. Um, but... But but let's let's stop there for this episode and just with the conclusion that, that theology really does matter. And there are some things that are not worth dividing over. There really are. We Again, we've talked about many times 
the important distinction between first, second, and third tier theological issues. If you haven't read uh, about Al Mohler's uh, theological triage, go back and listen to some previous episodes. We've talked about it, referenced it a lot. Uh, read his original article. You can easily find it in a Google search. It'll be really, really helpful for you. There are certain things that are not worth dividing over, but but there are also things worth dividing over. Yes. There are things, and, and theology is one of those things. Depending on what theological issue you're talking about, it's one of those things. So I, I, I think it's a good resolution on its face. I think the amendment would have made it better um, if, you know, if we're just going to sort of rank and, and rate how, how we liked the resolutions. Um, I, think, I think it's a frustratingly difficult and maybe even somewhat dangerous resolution without that clarification of what kind of theological issues we're talking about dividing over. Because when it gets to issues that have become real issues in Southern Baptist life as of late, there comes a point when you divide. Okay, so even, and we've talked about complementarianism before. In our complementarianism episode, we talked about this is a second-tier issue. It doesn't divide Christians from non-Christians, but it sure divides Baptists from non-Baptists. And, and if we're not willing to say this is the line where, okay, we can have some different understandings of complementarianism and, and different applications of it to an extent, but once we get beyond this point, now we're still brothers and sisters, but we're not all in the same denomination anymore. Like you have to be able to say those kinds of things. Um, and, and yeah, even still as brothers and sisters in Christ will be united around the Great Commission, but we're not going to be united as Great Commission Baptists anymore, right? Yeah. You, you may have to find another denomination, even as we partner together as brothers and sisters in Christ. We've got to be able to have those kinds of conversations and to, and, and to, to label theology as a thing that divides us. Again, I think, I, think it can, I think it can be a little dangerous. I don't think it's very responsible. And as I think I've articulated and, and argued from Scripture, I hope effectively, it's even a bit unbiblical to say that we won't let theological issues divide us. Not a bit. It is, I think, thoroughly unbiblical. Um, yeah, so we'll just pick up with that on Resolution 2 next time. Sounds good. All right. See you next time. Bye.